Hey, everybody. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. My name is April Lovett. And my name is Daryl Lovett. We've been together for five years, and we have a three-year-old sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and smiley baby boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we co-own The Lovett Company. That's right. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. Oh, yes. A relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we want to share with you how we manage to run our side business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we'll be talking about working towards success, overcoming failures, and just living our everyday lives. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk Concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they have found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White, the podcast. That's right. We are back in the house. Yes. Continuing our highly anticipated, highly acclaimed School School of of Leadership. leadership. (laughs) We did not practice that at all, if you couldn't tell. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to come in with you. I was like, where is she going? School (laughs) of Leadership. You're so I should have went to Key Sweat, Key Sweat on you, oh, or the D Sweat, D Sweat, the school. We've gotten good feedback about D Sweat of so, leadership. You know, the school of leadership. Great job. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. Last time, I just want to recap um, what we talked about last week because we really started in on the School of Leadership and we started talking about the different types of leadership styles that there are. Um, And so we're going to continue that conversation this week. Um, Before we do that, I just want to make sure that people know that they can find us outside of this podcast. Right. Um, And so one of the best ways that you can do that is by finding our website for the podcast, which is successinblackandwhite.com. That's right. Successinblackandwhite.com. Yes. On that website, you can find out much more about us personally as individuals, as the host of this show and why we cared about even doing this show. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find out, uh, you can actually, if you want to go in and support us, we have these awesome t-shirts that we're selling their success in black and white t-shirts yes um they're soft they're beautiful for just lounging around on the weekends do and it like, yeah you don't ever want to get a shirt change out of it because they're so soft and comfy do it um so you can find that on there and then you can also find us on what even sparked this entire series and honestly what even sparked the entire podcast um, is our other business website which is the love it co and it is leadership everything yep so leadership coaching we do leadership consulting we do success coaching with individuals yes we do organizational leadership training and development yes um, this is a topic that we love between the two of us we have over two decades 
of leadership experience. That's correct. Um, and so we're very good at what we do. And so please go check us out if you're interested. Um, those are the two websites to kind of find out more about us and about what we do. That's right. We make better leaders through self-exploration. Ooh, I know. Yeah. That's what we do. That was we, beautifully put. Yeah. We, we just don't come in and, and, and sit you down and lecture you and talk at you all day. Um, it's a joint effort, and we yep. feel like we have um, the right tools and knowledge and skill sets to help you self-explore your leadership capacity and how you can improve that. Yeah. Yep. That's what we do. Yep. Exactly. Um, so when we talked about this series, um, well, first of all, you should go back and listen to the last, last week's episode, yes. um, where we talk about the series, but in case this is your first episode you're catching, when we talked about the series, we really wanted to talk about the, um, leadership types there are, and then the difficult things about leading, which are leading down so leading the people that follow you or your team within your organization. Right. Leading across, which is harder than leading down. Um, and that's leading the people that are your equals, so your peers and your colleagues. And then leading up, which can be the hardest of all, because that means that you have to lead your boss or your supervisor. Ooh, that can be tough. Uh, yeah. Especially when they think they know everything. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't talking about nobody specific. I just meant in general. No, I mean, I think that's true. And I think it's true <laughs> for any of us. And you know, it's funny because I've had times I've recognized that I've had people below me leading up. Yeah. And I've actually really appreciated it. Definitely. Um, yes, 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 yes. Sometimes yes. you just need it as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So we're going to get into all of those topics. And this week, we really just want to continue the conversation um, that we started last week about the different types of right. leadership styles there are out there. Yes. So again, go back and listen. Last week, what we talked about, the types of leadership styles that we talked about were the transformational leader, the transactional leader, the servant leader, the autocratic leader, and the laissez-faire Laissez-faire. Yeah. So we're going to jump into a couple more that we're going to describe um, this week. And maybe a few other tidbits for you guys. Uh, so let's just jump right in. All right. Okay. So the next style of leadership um, that there is, is the democratic leader. So democratic leaders ask for input before making final decisions within the organization. The pro to this is that workers report high levels of job satisfaction in these environments and the company benefits from high levels of worker creativity. Um, the negative to this or the con to this is that the democratic process is much slower. I mean, my gosh, we see this in America. <laughs> the democratic <laughs> process is just slow and it doesn't function well in situations where quick decision making is crucial. Mm -hmm. Right. So question for you. Go for it. Are, okay. Well, this is a multi. This is a multiple phase question because okay i want to know a have you ever seen this type of leadership style in play b if you have what was good what was bad and mm -hmm. c have you ever used this type of leadership style yourself okay we'll start with the first part of that have i ever seen this in play yes yes i have okay. a multiple 
um, positions that I've been in, multiple organizations that I've been in. Um, and I can tell you that the, um, I guess making the team feel like they're included in the decision making and in the process, um, really comes through with this type of leadership. Right. Um, so, and, and I have witnessed and I have been a part of it and I have seen it. Um, and I, I think it's great when you're talking about, um, trying to accomplish a goal and keeping everyone or the majority of the people happy because they feel like they had some level of involvement. Uh, yeah. And that is, I think, I think, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I no, think you're that good. buy-in to yes. the organization is incredibly important it is. in order to make employees feel like they're important and they're worthy and they they need to be in the organization for it to run, which is usually true. They really do need to be there. Exactly. And it minimizes yeah. gossip anyways. Um oh. <laughs> not just threw that in. That was oh. just that was Daryl talking just oh, now. Like Darryl. I just threw that in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it minimizes gossip. But um no, definitely, like you said, that buy in, that level of involvement, um, it, it kind of keeps people invested in what's going on. Uh, and, and I think that's very important. Um, so Yes, I have seen it. Yes, I have been a part of it. Um, and pros is obviously that buy-in, that level of involvement. Um, the staff remain motivated and inspired because they feel like they have a uh, um, claim in what's going on. Um, I guess the downside is exactly what you said. When there is something or you're ready to see something move, it just takes so long because when you got to ask everybody for their input, that delays the process. Right. Um, So it slows things down. And on the flip side, it can have a negative effect when there's something that people are excited about or change that people are looking forward to. And you get them all hyped and prepped up about the change. And then it doesn't happen for a very long time because you got to get so much input from so many people from so many different areas. And then what it does is, It brings along the negativity as in like, why did they tell us about this if they really weren't going to do it? Right. You know, why was this even mentioned if it was something that was going to happen after I'm probably going to be gone from here? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, So so, so that's the negative side. And I've seen it. um, And it can be very detrimental when you're talking about trying to keep people motivated, trying to keep people um, invested in what you have going on when they have expectations based on something that you've said or something that you presented. And because you take the, the democratic approach and you have to get everybody's feedback, everybody's input and get everybody to vet it before you make moves, people can lose the, the excitement. Um, they can lose that, that buy-in if it's not moving quick enough or at the pace that they feel is quick enough for them. Wow. This is so crazy because this type of leadership style is then the catch 22. Right? Yeah, definitely. Because they need to, because they feel they they have buy in and they feel important. Yeah. 
because in a democratic leadership style, leaders are always asking for their input. Uh-huh. But then on the output, they might lose buy-in because it's <laughs> it takes not so happening. long. It takes yeah, too it long. It takes so long to do it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's crazy. So I think that's something that leaders really need to watch out for. Yeah. Is that if you use this type of leadership, maybe then a tip or trick would be to keep everybody informed about what the realistic timeline would yeah. be with a project or with whatever it is that they're working on or going for in the organization. Um, and then being probably very transparent because if you're going to ask for employee input, mm-hmm. I would assume that transparency is going to be key it in a democratic a leadership key role. component. Right. Yes. So um, I guess to answer the second phase or part of your question, have I used it? Yeah. Yes. But like you said, up front, um, I'm very clear about the expectations um, of time and how long um, this is projected, you know, to stretch out or or the possibility of it not happening at all. Mm. Um, So I'm very upfront about that. And like you said, um, making sure you keep people informed throughout the process along the way, um, making sure you're updating them and you're not just setting them up by saying, hey, I need your feedback, feedback, I need your input. And then they don't hear anything else from you. Right. And then nothing happens. Uh. So um, I have used it and I always am trying my best to make sure that um, when I do use it, I'm communicating throughout every step of the process, even if it doesn't relate to them or in uh, include them in it. I still want to make sure I inform them and just say, hey, there is work happening behind the scenes and we still value your input and your feedback and we still value your buy in. So stick with us, even though nothing hasn't happened. Things are working behind the scene. I think that's smart. Have you ever had employees or people that follow you just become very frustrated with the process? Yes, and yes. then like what's happened? Yeah. Um, what typically happens is, like I said, that gossip. Oh, that okay. gossip. Yeah, that gossip starts. And, and that's kind of the downfall. Yeah, that can be detrimental. To yeah, because if you don't communicate with them, and you don't tell them what's going on. They're going to make it up themselves and start telling people what their perception is and then it all of a sudden becomes reality to a lot of people right right you know so um yes making sure that you communicate communicate what's going on in the process and any changes or challenges you know and, and, and making sure that you keep everyone up to date is the most important thing to minimize the gossip to minimize the disconnect to minimize um, those challenges that arise when people don't feel like um, their input is valued because, you know, right. if somebody come ask you something and then you don't tell them about anything else, they're going to probably more than likely think that, well, they just ask me and they don't value my input. They were just asking me just to ask me. They don't really care either way. Right. I mean, you, you want to make sure you try to um, eliminate those um, opportunities to arise. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the next style of leadership is the bureaucratic style of leadership. Mm-hmm. And this is basically like if you're a, bu- a bureaucratic leader, you just ensure that people follow the rules. It's very important. And yes. that they carry out their tasks. So this is usually 
a very disconnected type of leadership style. Um, because, and I say disconnected, I mean disconnected from your employees or from right. the people who follow you. Yeah, definitely. And that has its own pros and cons, which we can get into. Um, but also with this type of leadership, I think the pro is that it works really well in roles such as health and safety. Because those two things, like think about a hospital or a police station. Oh yeah, you definitely have to be that way. Yeah, like you've got to make sure that rules and policies are enforced and that's the primary, like that's the driver. And you think, just think about like how much litigation goes through a hospital. Right. Right. And so ensuring that rules and policies are carried out is going, like bureaucratic leadership has got to be where it's at there, right? Definitely. The con to this type of leadership style is that it does not work well in highly creative or fast paced companies. Like I can't imagine Google working with a bureaucratic, a bureaucratic leadership. leadership. <laughs> you need some creative minds in there that are free to kind of do what they need to and take naps in their nap pods. In the nap whatever pods. they have, yeah. 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 All that stuff they have, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. You gotta, you know. Yeah. This isn't one that I fall back on pretty much ever. <laughs> um <laughs> So and it's I don't so funny because you like rules. I and do you like policy. I do. Yeah. But I don't fall back on it okay. that often. Um, I'm trying to think of like, have I even worked under these conditions before? I don't think so. Okay. Like not where this was the primary, you know, every now and then there may be some situations or circumstances where someone may have to pull this out and you're just kind of like, oh crap. All right. Let me just get myself in line and make sure I follow this to the T. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've worked in this either. And I really just don't, I don't think so. Yeah. This is a, yeah. I mean, to me, the one that probably comes closest is just working in food industry. Yeah. Um, and there are so many standards and well, yeah, so many definitely. rules and oh, so yeah. many policies and procedures and stuff. And so, but even then, I don't really think there was really bureaucratic leadership styles at play. I think it was just more, um, that you were expected to follow policy. Yeah, that's true. Um, Gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a really good example of this. Besides hospitals, I don't really. Yeah, obviously you said police departments. Yeah. I'm thinking like fire. Yeah. Departments. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's anything that you're talking about, like where the risk level is high. Yeah, where risk level is higher, litigation mm-hmm. um, could could potentially be high. Absolutely. Okay, well then let's talk about the next one. Which that next style is charismatic leadership. So charismatic leaders use positive personality traits and charm in order to motivate people to accomplish things. And the positive to this is they're very inspirational, very inspirational. Um, The negative to charismatic leaders is that the success of the projects and initiatives is linked very closely to the leader's presence and not necessarily to employees who feel like they are empowered. Right. Mm -mm. So first of all, you're a motivational speaker. Yes. 
Would you say that you are a charismatic leader? Yes. Okay. How do you use this leadership style and trait and when? Oh, it's tough. And, and this is one that I fall back on um, often. But here's why, though. Because I'm constantly moving. Like, I'm not a all the time. I'm not a in the office at the big desk. Right type of leader so because i'm moving around i'm engaging with so many different people so often and because of my personality this is the leadership style that probably shines through most often most um like that's normal so yeah the positive personality i don't know about the charm i mean i am pretty charming um but I'm not going around charming people, but I motivate people to to get things done and I inspire people to get things done. And, and I can definitely see where where it's talking about the negative, like the people um, usually kind of get on board and they're fired up and they go and get it done. But they're not like really empowered. And, and um, you know, that's different than, like you said, motivational speaking like that's different. Like my job when I'm motivational speaking is to get up and empower and inspire and motivate. So that's my intent behind it. But like when I'm in a leadership role or I'm doing things, I'm trying to accomplish a task. I'm like, Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go get fired up. Come on, let's go move, move, move. Right. And they're like, Oh crap. Like, all right, I got to go. I got to go because he's firing me up. I'm hyped up. Not because I'm internally empowered. Right. Um, so that's where those two come in at. But I, I definitely think that my personality and my energy level yeah. kind of immediately goes to this style. Yeah. And I would I would say, too, that I don't necessarily I don't think that you are a charmer. No, I'm not a charmer. You're just not like to me. I'm charm charming. Very... I don't want them to get it twisted out there. world. <laughs> I'm very charming. Yeah. But hey. I got you. <laughs> you did get me. But I'm not a life. charmer. No, to me, charm is like superficial. Yeah. And that is not how you, you do not operate in any superficial. No. Anything. And it's funny because we talk about often, and I, I hope that I don't come across when I say this is like, I'm superficial. But when we talk about our different strengths, like one of my strengths is woo. And so I can go in and I can work a room. Woody, and woo, 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 yeah, woo. I can woo, and and so and so actually charm maybe in in my strength zone. I don't I don't know. I've never thought of charm before, but right. Um, <laughs> it's I know I can go in. I know I can work a room. I know I can network. I know I can build some of those. I can start to build the relationships um, at the superficial level in order to get to a deeper level. Um, you come in and you have the ability to inspire without using charm. Right. To get people to believe in a vision. Mm-hmm. And that's super important. I don't know. Honestly, like the more I think about it and I'm talking through it, I'm not sure that it falls in charismatic leadership, but maybe it does. Maybe there is part of it. Right. Um, I think there's certain components within. Um, and when you're talking about the foundation of a charismatic leader, like, I think it, it it's based around, like, that positive energy, like, that positive personality, right. um, like, that inspirational yeah. leader. Like, I think that those are, like, the foundational pieces of the charismatic leader that I think are components that 
come naturally to me. Right. So therefore, if you had to identify a style that that associated with, it would be this one um, that comes naturally. And it happens and I may phase in and out of it like so quick. Um, but I can come in, I can get you inspired and get you motivated um, and, and get you ready to go. I feel like the term charm is maybe. Yeah, charm, charm is throwing because me I'm off. Thinking also about like one of my one of the fa- one of my favorite people that we talk about in our leadership class that we teach um, is a charismatic leader. And that's Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, we do talk about it. And him. I wouldn't say necessarily that he's charming, he's that charming people, but he is an inspirational leader who can get people to follow him. Right. And the success of his projects and initiatives was so closely linked to his presence. Right. And he did empower people to do things, but he really had to be that leader that inspired them in order for them to do it. Right. Right. And so, but I don't necessarily tie that back to charm. Yeah. It was kind of like when he came in the room where he was there, like I'm just imagining people are like, Oh my gosh, like he's here. Let's go. Yeah. Like he came here. He's with us. He's in the midst. Like we got to go shake something. Yeah. You know, as opposed to him sending word that, Hey, we need to do this. They're probably like, yeah, like we need to do this. Yeah. But I, I believe that it was probably a much different feel if he was actually in the room as opposed to sending word. Right. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like he walk up in there and I'm like, everybody's standing up like, chest out like let's roll yeah as opposed to him sending word saying hey i need everybody to do this do that do this and then get you know get them fired up as opposed to him being in the room so yeah that makes sense that that's just how if if you wanted to use an analogy to go with it being that we use him in our class that's kind of how i see it okay all right well that yeah that helps i think clarify a little bit um, the next type of leadership style is situational leadership. Um, and so with this type of leadership style it really just means the leader uses a range of different leadership styles, right. depending on the environment, depending on the person that you are leading or the people that you're leading and depending on the project and or initiatives that happen to be the priority at the time. So this type of leadership, obviously situational leadership, is the most adaptive leadership process that there is. Um, The con to this is that, or the negative to this, is that switching between leadership roles can be very challenging. It could hold up decision-making processes if the leader doesn't choose the right style at the right time. Right, right. Right. So, um... I feel I've seen you in this. I'm not even going to ask you if you do this because I know you do this. Um, I've seen you. I've seen you switch this up. But can you talk about maybe some of the times that you would have to switch up your leadership style um, and use different situational, like use different leadership styles for different situations? And what have you experienced any negatives to doing that? Yeah. So I think this goes back to an example that we spoke about previously. Um, when you're talking about the different generations in a room at a time, um, that's definitely a situation that I know, um, that I've had to use the situational leadership because, um, when you have multiple groups of people in one setting and you're going around and you're trying to get buy-in, you're trying to give guidance, 
you're trying to get feedback you know you're trying to do all of that with the different groups of people you have to be able to adjust with all of those different types of people in the room um which is why i think this one is important you have to be um, understanding that is adaptive leadership now the con to that is is that you really always have to be on your game depending on which group you're working with and which leadership style you're using in that moment right because you can get caught in a crossfire and you using one style with the group that you didn't use it with previously and you get all mixed up and then also um, it could impact your credibility so you come in one you know one instance and you're you know using one style and then you come in in another instant and they're like oh well i thought this person was using this style and now they're using this Uh, style um i think can be very detrimental so and, and to give you an example if you come in you know one day and you're using the democratic leadership style and you're asking people for their input and right. they feel like they have buy-in and they're like oh wow like yeah this is great and then you come in you know the next day and using the bureaucratic leadership style um and, and you're more like no, it doesn't really matter what you have to say. I need you to follow these rules and carry out these tasks. Right. You know, there's your credibility that's gone out the window because like, oh, wow, I felt like I had buy-in. I felt like I had input. And now you're telling me that it doesn't matter. I need to follow these guidelines and these rules. Which one is it? Which one is it? Wow. So let me ask you something because I feel like this could be an issue for leaders who lead large organizations who maybe have roles that are, um, they have to do, they have to use situational leadership right? and they might toggle between these different types. Like for one thing, they might want a very democratic process and they may want their employees to feel like they have a lot of say and a lot of Mm buy-in. But then for another thing, they may have been told by somebody much higher up, about something that's happening and they don't even have any control or any say in it. Right. So then when they, when it comes down, it sounds maybe like it's very autocratic or bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. And so then the employees get confused because they're like, this person can't decide on a style. I don't know them. I don't like, they're not transparent. You know, we've, we've talked about transparency before in leadership. Mm -hmm. Maybe they think that they're not transparent. Um, so what, what do you think? Like what, what is, some maybe not tips, but maybe like advice on if you are a higher level leader, um, how do you navigate doing using situational leadership in a way that your employees can still trust you and still feel like you're being transparent? Yeah. So, excuse me. I feel like that was a loaded question. I know. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm going to try to piece it together. Okay. So I think the first and foremost important thing which we haven't talked about yet here which we will definitely talk about later is making sure that your emotional intelligence game is on point ah okay (laughs) we'll talk about that later but to give you a quick snippet making sure that you know how to understand people and manage relationships Uh, okay if you're gonna be um 
going through and shifting through and switching up your leadership styles or situational leadership, uh, making sure that you understand and are able to manage relationships because the first thing that you will have to do is make sure that you understand the people that you're working with um, or that you're leading and then making sure that you know how to effectively communicate with them so that they understand when you come in, you may be um, autocratic in one moment and then in the next you may be democratic, making sure that they understand that that's a possibility up front. Okay. And making sure that they understand clearly why. Okay. Um, so how that example you just gave, you said someone from higher up gives you a directive that you really have no say so over. And you've been telling everybody else up underneath you that they have an opportunity to provide feedback. Right. You need to come in and be upfront and open and honest about what's going on above and, you know, where you are. And if you're talking about the emotional intelligence piece, you should have an understanding of kind of how they're going to respond to better set yourself up with how you're going to manage that situation and those relationships with those people. Uh, So when you come in and you have to deliver a message that came from, you know, a superior to you or or the um, higher up leadership staff team council or whatever make sure that you reiterate that I have your best interest in mind here. So I want to make sure that I'm open and honest with you. And I want to share with you the direction that we're going. We don't really have much flexibility, but if you continue to work hard and you continue to um, believe in what the vision is, then we're going to get there. So I know some things have been said, but we're going to kind of go away from those And I understand that you have feedback, you have questions and concerns right now. It's not the time for those, but hold on to those because we value those right now. I need you to shift with me as I shift. Gotcha. And then go with it. Gotcha. And that that was just kind of an example, like of how a conversation could go. And and by, you knowing the people that you, you know, you're leading and, and that emotional intelligence piece. There may be some people you have to pull to the side and give them a heads up or have a side conversation just to make sure that they're OK. Or they're on board. Um, and, and that's something that you figure out with the e- emotional intelligence piece to how you're going to navigate that. And if you can do it all as one group, more power to you, because that's the easiest way. Mm. Yeah. So. Oh, gosh, I want to ask you a question so bad, but I really I almost don't want to ask it because it could be an entirely other podcast topic. Go for it and see where it goes. I don't know what this question is, people. She's <laughs> she's really like grilling me right now, but it's all good, though. Well, I really I do feel it could be an entire it could, it could be an entire podcast show. So, OK, I'll ask it of you and then we can decide if we want to do an entire podcast show. OK, Um, but my question was, if you are a if you are a leader who, no matter what type of style you use, but most likely situational leadership style, right? If you're a leader who has lost the trust of the people that follow you, right, or your team, how do you suggest they they those leaders get that trust back from their team? Who that is an episode all by itself. I figured it um, was. Yeah, no, that's okay. definitely an episode by itself. Okay. Um, we can definitely do that one. Yeah, but I, I think that it is possible, and there is a way to do it. Um, and it, it's 
it's going to be humbling because as a leader, you have to be willing to self-assess and be honest with yourself on where the downfall started and just being open to, you know, how we talked about um, leading up, leading down, um, leading across, leading across, making yeah. sure that you're open to the feedback that's going to be coming back up to you. Mm, I uh, feel like we could do a whole other episode yeah. just on being open to feedback too. Like oh, how, yeah. do you, how do you allow yourself to be open to feedback? Definitely. And criticism? So I, I think yeah. that that's the initial approach to that okay. without getting off topic of what we're talking about with the leadership styles right now. Gotcha. Um, there is a leadership style that is not on my list, but that I know is your primary uh, leadership style. So I want to talk about it a little bit so okay. you can help um, everybody understand what that type of leadership style is, why you identify it as your primary, even though it's not on our uh, what seemed like a comprehensive list when we put it together. Right. I was about to say it's not on our list. <laughs> yeah. So this is the coaching leadership style. Right. And coaching leadership style really strives to look at how do you um, ensure that the individuals that make up your team are really getting, they're becoming the best versions of themselves, right? In right. Order to make the organization itself better and to also make you a better leader. Um, so from your vantage point as as somebody who uses a coaching style right in their leadership um what maybe you can expand a little bit more on what exactly a coaching leadership style is or how it um affects your performance as a leader um and then maybe you can talk about why it's been so effective for you throughout I want to say at least the past decade that I know of but maybe right. longer. Yeah. So, um why coaching leadership style works for me um because it's about performance and you know me and I'm very process oriented right. and I keep saying that but my overall objective is about performance. Okay. And I'm result driven. Okay. Um so anytime there's an area or something that needs improvement um, or an area for growth, um, I'm your person because I'm going to motivate you and inspire you to perform to improve. Gotcha. Right. So from a coaching um, leadership style, it's all about helping other people advance, helping other people build their skill set um, helping other people become stronger in um, their own personal leadership endeavors and making sure that you provide the right amount of guidance to help get them there so that once you get them there, then they can take what you've given them and continue to go with it, but also coach someone else along the way. Oh, Yeah. So I feel like, like coaching multiplier. Right. Exactly. So um, I think that when you're talking about you're leading people and you have followers, um, you have to make sure that it's your responsibility to help them build themselves, help them advance their skill sets, help them improve, help them grow. 
um, as individuals and then if it's in leadership capacity as leaders. Uh-huh. And that's something that I do, um, one, because I am performance driven, um, but also because I'm all about inspiring, motivating, helping people to get better, to build their skill set, to um, strengthen whatever areas of their life or their leadership um, areas that they're trying to. And then once they're to that point, letting them go. And I just provide guidance. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't have to follow behind them or check in all the time or um, always be there. It's like I'm there to support and I'm there providing guidance, but I've helped them build themselves up to a point to where they are ready to go out and do their thing. Right. Um, and, and that's why, you know, uh, I think the coaching leadership style works best for me because that fits right into my wheelhouse, yeah. right into my strength zone. Um, and I feel like that's where I'm most effective at. Yeah, I really, it seems like it just comes naturally to you. Too. It does. It it's does. It's so funny. Like if you guys ever want a laugh um, on the weekends, we like to take the kids to the gym sometimes. <laughs> Daryl will set up like obstacle courses and he'll coach Anna to get through the obstacle course. And then he turns around and he's like, okay, your turn. Now you coach me to get through. It's so, it's cute. Yeah, it's she so does funny. it though. And she does she it. says, you yeah. go there, you go here, you do this. Yep. I'm like, cool, she gets it. Cool, yeah, she does. She, she's three, it's so cute. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so anyway, I, I appreciate that you use that style and I think that it is effective and I think that what I've seen from it is that it's most effective from an individualistic standpoint. Right. And I say that because there are so many people, I have the privilege of knowing how many people you have positively affected right in their career in their personal life absolutely um because they reach out to you and they they say thank you mm-hmm, they I mean, do yes it's, and you maintain a lot of relationships with people who you have you have personally seen through their career right um and so I just get, I get to kind of see that. And, and, you know, I've taken a very similar approach too. And the reason that we, the reason that I'm kind of almost interview style asking Daryl these questions is because, um, I haven't directly overseen any staff members in the past three years. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not a leader and we'll talk about that in our leading, um, down leading across and leading up episodes in the series. But what it does mean is that he gets to have very direct and very tangible impact because he does get to lead down and he gets to lead down every single day. Right. Um, and that is usually easier to see a very tangible impact because those people reach back out to you. Right. To thank you and to just very say like, appreciative. Right. Like this is, it's because of you because you were the positional leader when I was there, but you also cared about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you coached me through my time. Right. Working for you. But it's because of you that I am where I am today. Absolutely. And so it's fulfilling for me as your other half to see these people come in and talk about that to you. Um, But I'm sure it's fulfilling for you as well. It is. I mean, I I really appreciate it. And, you know, when we talk about um, calling, like that's my calling. Right. That's what I was put here for. Um, And and to just see the 
the um, return on my labor and doing what I'm supposed to be doing is rewarding to me. And to know that there are other people that are taking what I have helped them develop and build within themselves and go forth and extend that to someone else is what's even more rewarding. Because when they check in, you best to believe I'm asking them like, all right, you know, what are you doing? Great. All right. Who have you helped? Great. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, like I said, I'm I'm preparing and making other little coaches that's going to develop to big coaches. And then they're going to do the same thing. And, and, you know, what we're doing is we're um, inspiring, motivating, helping people become better versions of themselves which will hopefully, you know, span and we have a bunch of good people out there who are inspiring each other and motivating each other and uplifting each other. And we're all doing successful things and we're all doing great things and we're all passing it forward and we're all enjoying and celebrating together. Awesome. I love that. Yep. Leaving a legacy. Yes. Especially when you have multipliers out there. Yes. Um, so I want to transition into the last part of this episode okay? and that is, um, recommendations for how people can determine what their own leadership style is because we've now spent two episodes going over the various leadership styles, right. times that we may use these leadership styles ourselves and the ways that we know that some are effective for us and when some are not effective for us. So how do we recommend that people determine their own leadership styles? One, I would say is self-assess. So you know who you are, you know how you lead, you know what your um, characteristics and your traits are. And we may have said a lot of them throughout identifying what these different styles are. So self-assess and you're like, oh, that sounded just like me. Oh, that sounds exactly like what I do. Oh, that sounds like what someone else has told me I am like. And self-assess and kind of uh, um, align those and see which one you fall into. And I would say that would be the first thing to do. Second, ask people what their perception of you as a leader is. Yeah. And be open to what their answer is going to be. That can be hard. That can be hard. But you want to talk about a recommendation for me to determine what type of leader you are to determine your leadership style. First thing to do, if you consider yourself a leader, ask somebody, what is your perception of me as a leader? Mm -hmm. And see what they say. And if they say, oh, well, um, as a leader, then... Maybe you need to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate if you're really a leader. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be ready for that. Yeah. And and you got to set the stage to where they feel comfortable enough of being open with you about it. That is a yeah, we really do. We need to do an entire episode on. Yeah, that's that's different. But that's how you find out. Yeah. Like people are are. I mean, chomping at the bits to tell you the truth of what they think about you. So you might as well just ask him. Yeah. So that they'll tell you in front of your back. Yep. If, in front of, in your, front of your back. Like that's that. right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would say that's next. Um, And then one more recommendation or suggestion that I would have is for you to get a piece of paper, get a pen or pencil, whatever you'd like to write with and write down 
what you think your strong suits are. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, for instance, if it's, um, you know, talking to people, if it's um, leading by example, which somebody, which a lot of people always say, how do you do that? You <laughs> know what I mean? People. Yeah. Leading by example, yeah. whatever they are, write them out and, and go back and look at them. Right. And then once you write them out, read them out loud to yourself and be like, uh, I wrote that down because that popped into my head, but I don't really do that. Right. And be honest with yourself and, and figure it out. Um, and then always, uh, you know, just reach out to us. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely kind of talk you through it and kind of facilitate the conversation and help you figure it out. Yeah. Because we got a bunch of questions and different ways to kind of facilitate that conversation and, and kind of help you identify and like i said what we do is self-exploration yep. we're pretty good at that to get you to say things and we question it to get you to really say what you really need to be saying right and then we'll question it to get you to really say the truth about what you really need to be saying <laughs> we're gonna get it out of you yeah that is true because when we start off People always tell us what they think we want to hear them say. Yeah. And I'm like, or what they think they should be. And not what's actually. Yeah. I'm like, okay. All right. For real. Like, I don't say it like that, but that's kind of how I take the approach. Like, for real. Come on. No, for real. For real. No, for real. For real. For real. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that answered your question. though. Okay. It did. And um, I have a couple to add, although you definitely covered a lot of what I would say. Yeah, go for um, it. If somebody's trying to determine what their own leadership style is. Yes. Um, The others I would add are that I would observe people who are leaders around you so that you can see it in action. Yes. Um, Very important. And you want to determine what seems like it's working for them and what seems like it's not working for them. Yes. Um, because then you're going to know like, this is what looks like it works. This is what seems like, like people don't like this person when they do this. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean like you might be able to pull off something that does not work for them, or you might not be able to pull off something that does work for that person. But gotcha. no matter what, the observation is going to be key, especially if, especially if you're a young leader um, and you want to climb the ranks, right? The other, um, my other recommendation is trial and error. Ooh. Um, and I know that can be hard, but especially if you have the time and you have the ability and you're a younger leader, especially, um, trial and error is okay. You know, it's, you've got to test out different styles in order to know what you're truly good at. That's right. Um, I remember doing this when I was a younger leader. I remember I was always a very democratic leader. That was my approach to almost every situation with my staff. And there was one time um, it was I was in the customer service realm and I put out a customer service survey to our clients in order to determine the effectiveness of my staff. And the survey came back with some surprising results um, and I was not very happy with with them. And so I called my staff into a staff meeting and instead of a very democratic approach like I always had before, I decided to try an autocratic approach, uh, which if you remember that style is not a very nice approach. It's kind of the, uh, you're going to do what I say because I said it, no questions asked, no input from you. Like that's the type of style it is. And 
it basically blew up in my face. Um, A, because I'm not that type of person. I'm an empathic person and I care about people. Um, I, you, I tend to have pretty high emotional and social intelligence within a room. Um, and that makes me care about people even more, but trying to use the autocratic approach just because I was all up in my feelings about Mm. the situation was not an appropriate way to handle it. And so I had to backtrack and I had to repair some of those relationships. Um, and it just, it was trial and error, but you know what? I learned that auto, 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 <laughs> the autocratic leadership style. I was about to say, what you over there talking about? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of like how to say, I want to say autocracy, but I don't think that's right. Oh, the no. autocratic leadership style is not a type of leadership style that I that I can get away with. Right. right? So yeah. those were my two my two. I got you. Hey, if, if you're going to do trial and error, just be open to growth. Yeah, that's true. Be open to growth. Yeah. Just making sure that that's clear. Agree. Um, like Daryl said, this is something that we also do. We, within the realm of our leadership business with the Love It Co., um, we do offer success coaching, which is very individualized, very personalized uh, leadership and career planning. Um, so if that's something that interests you, please head to our website, theloveitco.com and check out our success coaching pages. We also do organizational leadership development and training. And maybe this is a topic that you, not just you needs, maybe your entire organization you feel like needs to hear this topic. And so that's something we also do. Um, so just make sure that you go to the website, the love it co check out our services and what we offer, um, and hit us up if you're interested. That's right. You won't be disappointed in, um, we are a lot of fun, but we also make sure that, um, we leave you with learning objectives. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get it so. done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm excited for the rest of this series. Yes. I would say stay tuned because we'll be doing the leading down portion. So yep, that's coming up next. Yep. Effective leadership for employees. Um, and then we're going to talk about leading across and then the hardest one of all is leading up. That's right. Right. So we're going to talk about that too. And I'm excited to talk about all of those. Yes. So stay tuned. All right. Until the next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the Success in Black and White podcast. You'll get notified every time a new episode is posted, which is every Tuesday. If you loved this episode, help us spread the love. Rate and leave a review on our iTunes podcast episode. Also, share that you listen on social media and tag us on your posts. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all social media platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all social media platforms as well. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh, you sound like Keith Sweat. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, did it record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>